0: Hi everybody, welcome to our first ever episode of the Happy Words Podcast And today, I am so excited to bring to you two very beautiful and amazing guests that we have So we have Miss Erica Wu, she is our Happy Words Associate Counselor You can go check out more about her on her LinkedIn profile So you can look for Erica Wu And of course, we have Nani the beautiful Nani who is the finalist of Miss Petite Universe International Summer Nanjong. So you can look for her on Instagram at Nani So Fab. Welcome both of you to our first episode of our podcast. Make some noise. Alright so today we'll be talking a little bit about Cyberbullying. It's a topic that I think it's so important for us to really address because it's on the rise, especially with you know our recent MCO due to COVID. I think a lot of people are just on the internet and cyberbullying has been on the rise. So yes, maybe I could just, you know, invite one of you to share like what are your thoughts on cyberbullying? Dani, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, what are my thoughts on cyberbullying? Wow. Um. I have. <laughs> I have a, a a lot of thoughts. It's sad. Like it's sad. You know. Hmm. Um. I think sometimes a lot of people don't realize the impact of words. You know. You know. You may you may think that you know ah you're so fat like You know. People just say things, but then you don't yeah. realize that the the impact hmm. it has on other people and And it's funny because um, I think a lot of people sometimes don't even realize that they're actually cyberbullying. And Mm. cyberbullying doesn't just come, you know, in the form of, in one form. It comes in many forms, you know, like as you posted on your happy words platform. And Mm. I actually got a lot of responses from that. You know, a lot of people uh, messaged me telling me that they actually didn't know. Mm. They had no idea what doxing was. They had no idea what, you know, all these words. And um I think that was very, very um informative, very, very helpful. Mm. So yeah, it, it's just sad, like you know. Yeah. We we need so, but also, you know, with that being said, because so many people are unaware, there is such a need to talk about this and there's such a need to create an awareness for this.
0: That's right. So, you know? Yeah. Thanks, Lani. Yeah. yeah. And Erica, like what are your thoughts on this topic?
2: Yeah, I mean cyberbullying, like you've mentioned, Shallene and Anita, that it is on the rise. And it is so um it is such a prominent topic that it, um sometimes people just overlook it. It's so easy to overlook it because the internet is so big. Yeah. It comes in so rapidly one after another. Mm. And um because it is so overlooked that yes, people know about what cyberbullying is. Hmm. And um however the, the the deeper understanding and the impact of cyberbullying is yeah. not really discussed about. Yeah. Well, so there'll be the quote unquote, yes, I'm aware of cyberbullying, yeah. but there is very little action taken yeah. or taken to overcome or to prevent cyberbullying from happening. Yeah. So uh the, definitely the first step of um, combating or addressing cyberbullying is the awareness, like what Nani has mentioned. However, that would also need to subsequently follow up with the action. So yeah. I think, um, you know, I think Nani's story would definitely empower people to take that action. You know, mm. you know, for not just for themselves who is going through cyberbullying, but for other people as well, advocating for people who are victims of cyberbullying.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Erica. Yes, so as Erica mentioned earlier, like there are a lot of preventive measures that can be taken and action as well in the whole realm of cyberbullying. Also, another thing that Erica mentioned earlier, um, regarding Nani's story, I think yes, it is definitely something that can help a lot of people, a lot of the younger people, especially who are experiencing cyberbullying. Uh, so yeah, without without wasting much time, maybe Nani, you could share with us your experience in in this you know area of cyberbullying.
1: Yeah, so I think all this while I kind of, I, I did I did talk about it, but I think very briefly in the past. So I think mm. you know now, I'm I'm ready to share. I'm not a stranger to cyberbullying. I've been cyberbullied since I was like what sixteen years old, mm. and um, I think but. Back then, it was more of just people just throwing words, hate. But what really pushed me to do something about it was the most recent cyberbullying episodes that happened a couple months back. Mm. It started off with someone messaging me, just asking me a simple question. I don't usually respond to a lot of like message requests, but I didn't see any harm in it. Mm. The person was asking. A very innocent question. If I just knew somebody else, and that was that was all I thought of it. But a little while after that, this person, I think I I may have asked a question that triggered her. She because basically what happened was she asked me if I knew somebody, and uh, she knew because I sent the person a follow request. So I just simply asked how did you know I sent the person a follow request and. He ended up there was no I didn't get an answer for that. She just ended up sending me voice message of herself screaming. And I was like I was I, I was kinda of taken aback. I was like, did you accidentally send it? You know, I, I, I didn't think, you know, why would a stranger start screaming at you over the internet, you know?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she sent me back another voice message with supposedly her mom. Screaming and shouting for and I was just so taken aback. I was so surprised like, what did I do? You know, I was so confused. I, I just told her, I said, Look, I, I don't know you. Um, I hope that you know you, you get help. You know, I, I, if you really need help and things like that, I wish you all the best and stuff. Yeah,
3: so, I had
1: no yeah. ill intentions, no ill will. Unfortunately, it wasn't that, wasn't the end of it. It ended up getting uh, so many other people involved, and then we ended up finding out that this account that was harassing me, that was sending me these voice messages screaming, me, was a fake account. She had, had been catfishing, so she used somebody else's picture. So not only was she catfishing, she was also going around harassing people for no apparent reason. It was just something they did out of fun. That's that's all boredom, you know. Mm -hmm. That's all that I could make of it. Maybe for her, it it was fun. You know, she was bored. It was the MCO. There was nothing for her to do. But it took a psychological toll on me because I just wanted to put an end to it. Because what happened was every you know it's easy. You know, people will tell you if if someone bothering you, block them. And that's exactly what I did. I blocked her. But ended up account after account after account and she constantly changed the username because people were realizing and they would report her because i would post it i would say hey there's this fake account you know please um, report it thanks so she would change the username so people couldn't find her anymore so it was making my life very difficult like i just wanted this to end yeah and then after that happened it only got worse it only got worse she ended up looking for all of my other social medias, like whatever she could find. My account was on private at the time, so she couldn't really get any pictures of me other than my Instagram DVD. Yeah. So yeah. she would, she ended up looking for my Facebook and used my profile picture, made a fake Facebook account. She also ended up Photoshopping the picture onto like pornographic images. And you could clearly see it's Photoshop, but it was very, very disturbing.
3: Mm. You
1: know, and... Nobody wants pictures like that out there. Like of it course. looked obviously, you know, it looked like a troll, but it was very disturbing. And I didn't know what to do. Blocking her wasn't working. Like you know, reporting her wasn't working. Nothing was working.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
1: didn't know what else to do. And I, I was like, you know what, I, I need to put an end to this for the sake of my sanity, or I'm going to go insane. Finally, I had to muster up the courage to. Tell my parents about this. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with as well. Why don't you want to take the next step? Because I'm scared to tell my parents. Because I don't want to get my parents involved. Because I don't want to burden my parents. That's, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and this is usually what the answers are. And for me, I can relate. Yeah. But I I had to do it because I, I wanted to do it. So I spoke my parents about it. Thankfully, they, they were understanding enough. Yeah. Dad followed me to the police station and we lodged a report. Now, okay. the difficult situation here was, obviously, I had to say everything that entailed with it. But I think it's very important to have an open and honest conversation with your guardian or parent when you're going through something like this. The next step after the police report was, after you found the police report, I ended up meeting the investigating officer who basically questioned me thoroughly, like from A to Z, and I showed him, you know, all the proofs, uh, screenshots, and those things are actually very important, and especially timestamps, Yeah. Uh, a clear re- recollection of everything that has happened, mm. and the last thing after that was reporting to MCMC, yeah, I basically did everything that I possibly could have done, and everything took about a mm. month, yeah, but even in between, when I was still trying to figure out you know, how do I go about this without involving police and your parents and things like that. Mm. Um, some people, thankfully, there were really some really nice people online. I remember someone actually told me about Cyber999.
3: Mm.
1: So I actually reported to Cyber999 first before going to the police station and things like that. They told me that um, I needed a police report. That yeah. there was one thing. And another friend of mine helped me, you know, kind of like track down the IP address of this person. Mm. So I went to great lengths because I really just thought, you know, maybe I can confront this person myself and just end it once and for all. Yeah. But we did that. But I think this person was using VPN. So when you use a VPN, you can change your location which is something I just found out. So it was really hard. So when I realised that, you know, I'm at my breaking point, I really nothing that I can do. Mm. That's why I decided to do that. Yeah. There was really so much that went into it. It wasn't just, oh no, I went online, I figured it out. No. It was a lot. It required a lot of like asking questions, asking around, really doing your research. So it was a lot. It really was a lot.
0: Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing the entire encounter that you had and i'm so sorry you had to go through such a thing it must have been really really traumatic for you wow i oh, wow. <laughs> Erica, do you have anything to chime in i need some time to process this
2: <laughs> wow i think uh just based on what nani has mentioned just now i feel like uh, you know it takes a lot of courage to take that step to to share this experience with somebody. That's right. And you know, I was just making notes. So this is something that I like to do. I like to take notes and mm-hmm. just to give myself like, uh, the key words that you have mentioned, it really does take a lot of courage to, 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 to share this experience with somebody and to inform somebody that this is the experience that you are going through right now. And, and it comes to a point where, you know, I think Nani has already done her best the best of her abilities to, to resolve this on her own without involving anybody. And it comes to a point where this is too much. And mm. this is where a reaching out for help is required. Yeah. And you know, Nani, you have mentioned something very important. And you're absolutely right. There are a lot of people who are going through this. Yeah, And felt like they are not able to speak to somebody about these experiences. And this is where, you know, we are not able to provide them with the necessary help that they need to go through this. Yeah. And, to, and, and to endure this on their own is something that is very painful and it's a very hard, difficult experience to go through this alone. Mm. A recent case of uh, you know, an individual who unfortunately has taken her life due to cyberbullying. Mm. And this was not mentioned to anyone, I think, until you know, she left a note for her family members and, and saying that she has brought shame to the family and that was a lot of, uh, most of the time these are the really reasons why they are not able to reach out to anybody because they are so, um, they're so worried and they feel so much guilt, there's so much guilt attached to that and, yeah. to in, uh, and they do want to get their family members, the, the people that they love involved in this. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Thank you, Erica, for, for sharing. Uh, what you just did
0: and yes Nani I completely agree it takes so much courage for you to share this encounter and I, I can't even begin to understand how traumatic that that must have been for you and the fact that you managed to seek for solutions and and you had the courage to to tell your parents about it and eventually go on to speak to the police and report to the police about it. I think that's really, really amazing. And wow, you're just such a strong person. What? Whoosh. You know, this is something that, um, yeah, I think the both of you probably didn't know I was going to share this as well. But this is a topic that's really close to my heart because 10, 10 years ago, or yeah, nine ten years ago, I I was actually hacked, and it was quite a traumatic experience for me because imagine being online, talking to your friends, and slowly being logged out of each and every one of your accounts one by one. It was it was just really terrifying, and then to make things worse, the hacker got my handphone number, and all my personal details. So at the end of the day, the hacker was just saying, you know, he was threatening he or she. The hacker was threatening me um, and extorting money from me. So what I did was, thankfully, my parents are so supportive as well. I told my mom about it, and then we eventually launched a report as well. But at that point, this was nine years ago, I think cyberbullying wasn't even a thing back then. It was a very, very new concept that people didn't really understand as well. It was just really, it was a lot. It was a lot for me to handle because I was, what, 18, 19 at that time? I was 18. Yeah, I was 18. 17, 18. It was just terrifying. And again, right, I didn't know how to tell people about it because I felt like, oh, wow, it's probably because of my silly actions that caused me to go through these things and if not dealt with properly the trauma can actually hold us back in more ways than one for a very very long period of time so I think yeah let's let's really go deeper into the the mind work and the mind space that you were in, Nani, like when you were going through all of these traumatic incidents, like what was going through your mind? How did you feel at that point in time? Yeah, just share with us briefly.
1: I felt very, very beat and broken down. I mm. was always asking myself, why me? Why me? I mean, it's not that I wanted this to happen to anybody else. Yeah. So like, obviously, no, that wasn't the case. But I just kept asking, you know, why me? And I also had had my finals going on the same week when everything kind of started. I really had to find a way to balance everything. It's like I'm trying to focus on what's important, but I've got really, really big distractions. It felt like a weight on my shoulders. It was so difficult. Being completely honest, I was really, I was so sad. There were days, I think. It was so difficult for me to even just go out of my room or much less to even go online. I just hated going online. It's like every time I opened my phone, like I have to go on Instagram or anything, I would just dread mm-hmm. there would be a new message, a new account. I felt in a way depressed.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know a, a depressed state of mind. And I also felt like the beginning of it especially, I think I felt very helpless and hopeless because a lot of people you know while some people you know they may have been like really helpful
3: helping me
1: get through this there were others that were telling me are you making it a big deal not a big deal don't be so dramatic things like that and then you start to question yourself so i was Mm -hmm. sad confused conflicted depressed Mm -hmm. helpless hopeless so many mixed emotions like what do you do with everything you can't sleep at night you can't eat properly it messes with you your ability to function as a human being. it really messes you up mm. because yeah it's so easy to tell people hey please report and block yeah and yeah. you know the next thing you know people are swiping to the next story you know nobody cares everything it's done mm. but the reality that how much that goes into it nobody you know nobody things about it yeah, yeah it was really a
0: lot wow <sighs> that's that's a lot of different emotions and thought processes all at the same time it must have been really overwhelming for you
1: so overwhelming there was days i think i was just bawling my eyes are, you know it was hard and I, I cannot imagine you based on the story that you just told us you know what mm-hmm. happened you like ten years back with them extorting money. Like, how did you deal with it at the time? What were you feeling at the time?
0: Oh man, this was
1: <laughs> Ooh,
0: bringing <laughs> me back ten years. I was actually really terrified because the person got my information, as I mentioned, not just my name. And, like it was, it was inclusive of my IC number, where I lived. You know the names of my parents. And it was just a lot. So, you know, when when things involve not just me, but the people around me, then it's a whole different ballgame because you then start to worry about the well-being and safety of your loved ones, right? We went to report this to the police and there was not much action taken because, as I said, 10 years ago, this wasn't a thing. But... Internally, I remember feeling really, really terrified because I didn't know if this was a stalker or just a cyber hacker. With all of this information that he had about me, he or she had about me, it just put me in a very unsure position. Do you know you know, where I live? Are you watching my every step? Do I need to be concerned? So that that was just like running through my head and, and I was terrified. And up till recently, I didn't realize this, but up till recently, I still have that residual fear from 10 years ago. And again, as you mentioned, right, it's something that people may have forgotten. This was 10 years ago. Like, what? Why should this bother you anymore? But it really does something to you if you don't address it properly. Yeah. So I remember being very terrified and and very... Very scared. I think fear was the the biggest thing for me at that point in time. But I am happy to say that yeah, because of all of these different experiences, I you know, this is the whole reason why we're passionate about helping the younger generation, right? Because we don't want them to be found in that sort of a position and not know how to move forward. Whatever said and done, I'm glad it was something that happened in in my journey. Because now, with this knowledge, we can help more people. But just to rewind a little bit, right? Maybe we could just go a little bit more into the psychology of cyberbullying. You know, just now Nani mentioned, we don't know why these cyberbullies cyberbully. Why, why do people take so much effort to do such a thing, to cause so much torment? to another party like Erica, could you maybe share with us a little bit like what sort of psychology goes behind this
2: so when we talk about cyberbullying it's a very interesting phenomenon i would say because it is somewhat similar to traditional bullying Mm. in the in the sense where uh you know the actions of the bully is it could be intentional or unintentional but either way it impacts the victim it aims to make some form of impact towards the victim whether it's to, to establish dominance towards this person mm. or to show that, you know, I'm in power, I'm in control, I am dominating this uh, this, this effect here. But one thing is very interesting that cyberbullying, it involves the distance, mm. right? So with traditional bullying, it, it, you require the bully to be there in person yeah. and the victim to be there in person. So the, the, the bullying occurs there and then. Mm. face to face in person cyber bullying it can be done in any time of the day Mm. the distance it doesn't have to be me writing something right in front of you now you know while you are asleep when you're not online you're offline I'm able to write something that is it could be malicious to you and you're not able to respond to that on time Mm. and this can be seen publicly by a lot of people because it is by nature online
3: yeah. and,
2: and that, that creates a sense of anxiety like what Anani was mentioning this just overwhelming because you're, you have no sense of control to what these bullies will do because you know, I don't know when this person is going to post this thing mm. I don't know how many people have already seen it how many people have shared it so that yeah. creates anxiety here mm. right? And the psychology behind cyberbullying, there's a lot of research that has been done, done about it, alright? Yeah. Mm. It is done online because they have the, the freedom of when to post certain things and how it's being posted. Mm. Repercussion, the negative re- re- repercussion is slower. Yeah. So they don't feel the consequences anytime soon. Mm. Just imagine, like, you know, I'm the bully right now and I am you know, physically or verbally bullying um, someone right now. Mm. Some someone would see it. For example, you know, both of you who are observing the situation is able to see it. Yeah. And right? yeah. if, if we are teenagers and if you guys are teachers, you're able to reprimand me there and then. Yeah. Come to my office, you know, we need to see, we need to have a good chat about what you've done just now. So mm-hmm. the repercussion is imme- almost immediate. All right. Or if not faster. But you know, like you've mentioned, through your experiences, the process can go through months before, you know, the authorities take action against these bullies.
3: Mm.
2: All right. You wouldn't even find these bullies because it is so, it, it may be difficult to trace them. Yeah. Due to, you know, perhaps technology or just perhaps just using proxies, just multiple uh, anonymous profiles. just created multiple profiles to reprimand somebody. Mm. All right and so interesting because I just came across this during my research and it's by Dr. Andy She talked about the pack behavior all mm. right The pack behavior is when the bullies feels safe, safe behind the numbers of people who are doing the same bullying. Yeah. So it's like oh you know three versus one. Oh you see I have my people who are supporting me with my statement. Mm. So they feel safe behind the people who are supporting, quote-unquote, supporting what they have mentioned. Yeah. Right? So like, okay, you know, I, I'm not the one who is saying it. You know, I'm not the sole bully here. You know, so-and-so say the same thing. So-and-so also believe, you know, certain actions that you're doing is worth talking about, spreading about,
3: mm. right?
2: So that is what triggers or perhaps uh, motivates them or encourages them to join the pack of bullies or to join the bullying activity as well. Mm. Yeah. And there are other things like, you know, feeling when they are so empowered in doing this, they feel like, you know, oh, okay, this is freedom of expression. We are, about we are talking about free internet here. I'm yeah. able to voice out my opinion without thinking about the repercussion that it would have the effect on um, the people who are involved in this. Yeah. yeah.
0: You mentioned something so like on point the freedom of speech. It's the internet. You're free to post whatever you want. So, where do we draw the line between freedom of speech and cyberbullying? I think this is a question that a lot of people we, you know, whoever is listening into this podcast, like I really want you to start thinking about this. Where do we draw the line between freedom of speech and cyberbullying? Because we can point fingers and say that, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so is a cyber bully. but what about ourselves? What sort of words do we put out? We really have to check ourselves as well, because a lot of times we, we hide behind the, the whole term of, oh yeah, this is freedom of speech but as I was doing my research I realised that well you know the moment you start attacking a person instead of just talking about the topic that is cyberbullying because yes you know you can have your own opinions on topics but when you start personally attacking a person that's not cool I think personally that's my stand on things Nani what what about you like where where do you think we draw the line between so this is this
1: is honestly a question I've I've made had a lot of thought about yeah i think it is okay to voice your opinion Mm -hmm. but do not do so in a way where you are bringing and carrying somebody down there's something called constructive criticism Mm -hmm. okay which is meant to build somebody up you're not okay with something you're not okay with somebody's actions you think that somebody did something that is morally wrong, morally incorrect, or you know you just have different views on it. Take your views, it's fine, but there's no need to attack the person. You know mm-hmm. if you get what I mean. Yeah. What is the what is the need to tear somebody down? Do you really think that they're going to change after looking at your nasty comment? I don't think so. If anything, you're just provoking someone. You're either provoking someone to Whoa. respond with something that might attack you and it's going to be a vicious ongoing cycle or yeah. you're just going to hurt someone so deeply and you don't know how deep words can cut yeah it is okay to voice your opinion but do not tear somebody else down yeah
0: yeah that's really good wow i was also really thinking about the effects of cyberbullying because it not just affects us mentally it's emotionally physically you know you you would be upset you'd be embarrassed you'll feel ashamed and you would probably also lose interest in doing a lot of things you know physically as well i think like losing sleep experiencing like different symptoms of anxiety and being overwhelmed it just it just takes a toll on the individual so erica like maybe you could share with us what are some of the signs if let's just say a parent or any of us really like what are the symptoms of identifying if somebody is actually being cyber bullied? Is there is there any symptoms that we can look out for or
2: anything along those lines? Uh, of course, it varies. It varies from person to person, mm. but uh, a lot of times, um, the, the typical signs or symptoms of someone who is a victim of bullying, especially mm. in adolescents which they often show it through their actions, such as self-isolation, attention, poor sleep quality, poor appetite, the you know, lack of concentration, because all they think about is what's going on on the internet, you know, how many people are viewing this, how many people are reacting to this. Mm. Teenagers would be, avoid going to school. If he, he or she is able to identify the bullies from school, right? So avoiding spaces like school, a mm. uh, constant worrying and also self-destructive behaviors, yeah. right? So yeah, you have, you have a rise in self-harm cases because they are not able to cope with these overwhelming uh, emotions from you know from the cases of cyberbullying. It mm. results to hurting themselves, especially mm. those that who is not able or who is not able to find the courage to to speak out. They often re- result to self-destructive behaviors as mm. a method of coping. Right, which is we can identify this, this as
0: unhealthy coping. Why do you think cyberbullying victims tend to be hesitant to report these cases? Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, yes, after this, we'll go into what you can do and, and um, from, from different perspectives, right, as a person who's experiencing cyberbullying, as a parent, as an educator. But like, let's just talk a little bit about why do you think people are hesitant to talk
2: about their experience?
1: I think for me, I was very hesitant when I was like 16, 17. At that time, I just, I didn't want to tell my parents because I felt like they would, the typical parents answers, you know, when you're still in school, they would say, you know, you need to focus on your studies. There's no need for you to use social media. And then they would probably tell me to get off it. And there's just such a, this fear, like, I can't get off Instagram. I can't get off Facebook. I don't want to disconnect completely, mm. number one. I didn't want to get in trouble, technically. Number two, also didn't want to seem like an attention seeker, I guess.
3: Mm. You know,
1: I think you automatically just think, what are other people going to think of me? I went to great lengths and this and that. Oh, she just wants attention. That was the second thing. And third thing, I think I was so afraid, like i being so young, you're like, I don't know how to make a report. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Like, how do I go about this? It was mm. really just not knowing what to do. And the fear of the unknown is the root cause of a lot of hesitance. You okay? see? So I think for me, that was the main three things that kind of enveloped all of my hesitance and not wanting to take the next step.
0: Yeah, I think you covered the, the basis really well. Most of the time, people are afraid to report. It's out of fear. It's out of, they, they always ask the question, how? How do I report? I don't know how to go to the police station. I'm scared of the Abang police. Like, how, what am I supposed to do? And I guess also another part of it is really victim blaming, right? That's where you, you actually mentioned that you're afraid of people saying that you're as attention seeking or really just shifting the blame away from the bully and towards you who's you and at that point you're already experiencing so many different things right you don't need another another layer of of things to deal with like yeah because
1: people can so easily say then don't respond you just think don't respond okay i don't have to respond but that doesn't mean that they're going to stop yeah they might get bored but that doesn't happen in or almost a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. You know, you're lucky if they get bored. But unfortunately for me, that wasn't the case. So you always need to prepare for the next step. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. You really need to prepare for the next step. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck. Because as it is, As we mentioned earlier, it's established that when you are experiencing all these things, it's very overwhelming. And I yeah. guess... That's where it really makes a huge positive difference when the people around the, the victim or the cyberbully, that's when all of us carry a responsibility. Cyberbullying isn't just between just the cyberbully and the victim. There's actually another party made out of many, many, many different people, and that's actually the bystanders. And there's the bystanders effect where when you see someone else bullying, cyberbullying, saying mean things and just constantly throwing cyber threats. Oh, you should you should kill yourself. You're fat, you're ugly, what's wrong with you? I hope you test positive for COVID. Like these are statements that should not be said to anybody. Now let's really talk about the bystanders. But Erica, could you maybe share with us a little bit, like, what is the bystander effect? Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Right, so the bystander effect is basically, you know, people observing the conflict that is going on mm. and perhaps not doing anything about it, not doing any active actions about it, mm. perhaps thinking in their own way that others would, you know, intervene or, you know, not wanting to be an extra burden to what is going, complicated in, uh, incident that is already going on. Mm. What this really does is, is very subjective. It's a very subjective matter.
3: Mm. What
2: if nobody helps? What if, you know, everyone are the bystanders, affected by the bystanding effect, and everyone is not taking actions towards, uh, towards what is going on? So this is actually a uh, a very dangerous I would say a very dangerous situation because because everyone has the impression that someone is going to help out and or not or don't want to be involved that they are just watching whatever is going on in front of them mm-hmm. and situation gets worse from there. Yeah, and this gives off the impression to the victims that they are. Nobody would actually help them in this situation. Mm. If you helpless, and this is where perhaps Nani has mentioned all of those uh, emotions that would occur on a victim, you know, feeling mm. helpless, feeling hopeless, because I have these massive people who are looking at my situation, but mm. they're not helping me. Why is that? So it really gives that, you know, that impression that nobody really cares whether or not I drown or I thrive within this situation. Yeah where it also explains the confusion like, hey, what should I do? I thought this is supposed to be something that's very serious but no one is taking it seriously with me. So is this really a relevant problem that is worth sharing to other people or not? Mm. But this subsequently causes a lot of other emotions, overwhelming emotions a lot of distrust towards people. Yeah. Knowing where to get help because true enough that the people around me who are looking at this is not helping me. Yeah. Who is actually able to help me? And that gets you questioning yourself and, you know, society in general. Mm. Yeah, I think when you're put in that
0: sort of a situation, you naturally shut down. You shut people out, you shut down and you're just like, in self, like in survival mode, technically, right? You need yeah. to defend yourself. And just echoing again, right? The bystander effect is basically is, it's as simple as this. You think ev- because there's so many people bystanding, you think somebody else is going to help. As a bystander in a cyberbullying realm, right? What does that look like? It's basically just replying, ha 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 ha, ha this is very funny, or, or retweeting or resharing. These sort of mean comments, spreading rumors, jumping on the bandwagon. I think this is one of the things that is so, so, so common now, where yeah. people just jump on the bandwagon. It's dangerous because most of them, if you really take the time to dissect, they don't actually have an opinion for themselves. They just jump on the bandwagon because everyone's doing it. So there's, yeah, there's okay. two ends to the spectrum, right? It's one end where everybody's just bystanding and not doing anything. But there's also the other end where everybody's just jumping on bandwagons, not understanding what they're jumping on. I guess this is something that all of us have a part to play. Instead of being bystanders, it's really time for us to move forward and become upstanders and stand up against cyberbullying. Nani, thank you so much for sharing your your encounter. And Erica, thank you so much for sharing the psychology behind it. But maybe let's just move a little bit into the solution. Because we've talked about the issue and addressed the monstrosity of cyberbullying. And right now, let's really bring our, our audience into a brighter side of things. Because Nani... I am proud of you. You managed to overcome all of these difficult situations as much as it was overwhelming for you. You, look at you girl. You have overcame it and you're at this place where you figured out the solutions so that you can share with more people. Share with us a little bit on what was the turning point for you? Like you mentioned, you said that, yes, you know, this is enough. Like I am going to find a solution to this. And then you spoke to your parents and stuff like that. But what was the shift
1: in your mind when when you took that action? I think it was do or die. Yeah. It, really, it really felt like that because of the state of mind that I was in. But I knew that I didn't want to feel like that forever. Yeah. So really for me, it was just do or die at that point. Like If I don't wow. do it, like I'm, I'm dead. I'm just, I'm thinking and not swimming. You know, all this happened even way before I joined the pageant. And then once I joined the pageant, we had to advocate for something. And that's when I decided, I'm going to talk about something that really means a lot to me. Something that is very, very close to my heart. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's when I decided, you know what? I'm going to talk about cyberbullying because it, it happened so recently. Mm -hmm. And I know it really well. That's how I came up with Project Cyber Candle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this project really means a lot, really close to my heart. It's not just about advocating for something, it's about knowing something well that you want. To get up and do something about it. I I realized that it wasn't just me. I wasn't alone in this world. I wasn't the only one going through this problem. There's so many other people going through this situation as well. Just that nobody actually talks about it in depth. Yeah. all very brief. And there's a lot of reasons why people don't talk about it. I did my research and I found out, you know, with the stats and everything, cyberbullying cases are really being underreported. And Malaysia is already top six in the world. It was about high time to do something about this. Yeah. We decided, I'm going to turn my pain into power. With Project Cyber Cancel, it's all about cancelling cyberbullying collectively. Just like how cancel culture, you know, you cancel people or you cancel companies, just cancel them completely. Why can't we cancel cyberbullying?
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like the shift of mind I went from being so negative, so dull, so hurt, upset, and then I just decided, hey, I'm going to turn my pain into power and
0: that is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. That is yeah. gonna be the title of this podcast episode, Pain
2: to Power. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You there's yeah, there's something that you know Nani mentioned that was really, really interesting. Like, you know, cancer culture, it can it can be a good thing and a bad thing. And recent in recent cases, cancer culture is viewed in a very negative light, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. people are using uh, the term cancelling to sort of just boycott certain people but and, and it's like a it's like a combination of boycotting mm-hmm. and there are thirty percent people who are really advocating for this boycott due to something that they believe should not be uh, you know within the realm of their knowledge yeah. but and but seventy percent of people are just jumping on the bandwagon of canceling somebody even though there is no not really, not really a valid reason for to to cancel the person, yeah. right? So in that sense, you know, you know, with the whole you know negative connotation of uh, cancel, the cancel culture, yeah. Why not cancel something that is bringing society harm like cyberbullying? Yeah. Right. So that is why, like, I feel like you know something that was really spot on. You know, like we are canceling people who we don't even know. We find fault in that person, but we're just jumping on a bandwagon to cancel somebody. Mm. But there is a social issue that we are dealing here, which is cyberbullying, but no one is cancelling that. Yeah, exactly. Everyone is just, oh yes, this is a problem, this is a problem, but there isn't an action, there isn't uh, a, a strong advocacy to do something about cyberbullying. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, really well said, Nani. Yeah. perfect right. thank, thank you. It's so good, yeah. And as
0: as the slogan tagline goes, right? It's cyber cancel, canceling cyberbullying collectively. So it's not just a one-person job. Everyone plays a part in this. And we can only really cancel
2: cyberbullying
0: collectively. Yeah, actually Nani, why don't we just share a little bit on what community projects we are doing to talk and really create a platform to speak about this cyber cancel project that we have.
3: Yeah.
1: As part of the cyber-canceled um, series, so mm-hmm. I'm working with, you know, Happy Words, right? Um, what we're doing is we're conducting Instagram live sessions with um, individuals that uh, have experienced cyber-bullying or experts on the topic. So both professionals and, you know, people who just experienced it, you know. Yeah. Um, so have a an open discussion, keep the topic going. We're also gonna have focus group. Yes. Yeah. a lot of secondary school students, a lot of youth on social media a lot, and that's kind of the target group. You they know, they're at the impressionable age. So we're gonna be doing that as well. You know, we've got our podcast going on right now.
0: That's right.
1: And in terms of Instagram, we've got this challenge going where you can go to happywords.co and get the cyber cancelled template. Yeah. And you can take a picture, post with it, and tag us at hashtag cyber cancer. We will be viewing all of your pictures. But make sure your account is public so that we're able to see it. And um, just uh, post it so that we're able to see it. And yeah, if you're not sure how to do it, you can always go to my Instagram profile. I do have a picture uh, for the campaign. So you guys can take a look at that. You can copy that or use that for inspiration, you know, whatever works.
0: Thanks, Nani. That's great. So, you know, on, on the same vein of being the, you just shared about the initiatives and, and the solution, right, to what you are doing to combat this entire cyberbullying monster. Like Erica, could you maybe share with us from a perspective of maybe a parent or a teacher, educator, right? Like, What are some of the things that they could do to be part of the solution as well to combat cyberbullying?
2: I think the first step that, you know, parents and educators alike can do is to start listening to your children, when your your kids, when they speak to you about cyberbullying. I think there are a lot of times where parents and teachers may overlook this situation. Again, I guess it could be the bystander effect or perhaps Mm. it's just the the lack of awareness to how severe cyberbullying can be, Mm. you know. You know, there are cases where children have explained to their parents that, you know, these are something that is going on with me online. You know, friends are saying that I'm ugly and I'm stupid. And parents tend to brush it off as just another bickering going on between their peers. Mm. Whereas children is actually trying to tell their parents and their teachers mm. that, you know, something is going on online and it's getting unbearable. Alright, so the first thing I would want to encourage parents and teachers alike to do is start listening to mm. to the children. Yeah. What they're going through online. It could be a very simple thing like, you know, oh um teacher, someone is calling me stupid online and I don't mm. know who it is. Can you please you know, take a look at it? Always listen to the Okay, and take a record of it. It doesn't have to be an immediate effect of, of taking action and being all, you know, hyped up by just by one comment, but yeah. taking note of this comment and monitoring what is going on, mm. you know, progressively. So if the, you know, it may not occur just one off It could be, it could be done like, you know, on a weekly basis that he's receiving all of this message. And mm. this would add up to a lot. All right, emotionally and in terms of data, you're able to collect all of this in masses. Mm. So start listening to your start listening to, to, to the to children and start planning. Planning with them to find suitable strategies. Mm. So not just listening only, but also to inform children what they can do if things get really overwhelming. So a lot of kids don't know that they're able to speak about this kind of things. Yeah. So it's also planning strategies with them. You know, if, there, if there are things that's happening, who to speak to, what you can do, what mm. kind of hotline. And, you know, this, and, and when it comes to hotlines, it is so uh, overlooked. Yeah, it's available online. It's just that you know, nobody really uses it and perhaps nobody is aware of it. Mm. So it's important to give resources to children or, you know, and teenagers about these resources that they are able to rely on when they are going through certain things. Mm. all right and just being there for them a lot of times kids or teenagers feel like they are in this alone but the the sense of security that they get from their parents and from an adult that would assure them a lot more all right and extending I, i really advocate for this is that when peers help peers. so we talk a lot about bystanders just now like to encourage young people to move out of that bystander position and start advocating for your friends mm-hmm. if you do see someone who is going through or who is receiving malicious comments and you are seeing that please stand up for your friends mm-hmm. that would make so much changes that would let them know that they are not alone in this
3: mm-hmm. all
2: right let them know that i am hurt I am not seeing something that is I'm not misinterpreting this as just a comment but really a malicious comment that is it will hurt me. Mm. All right? Standing up for your friends and that will let them know that they're not alone. I yeah. think that, that is really really important. Mm. And also for just to add in one more thing and I think that yeah. was inspired by something that Nani mentioned during um, her sharing as well about how people tend to present a, a very personal attack onto somebody and also the comment about you know where do we draw a line between freedom of speech and being overly malicious. Mm. One, one rule of thumb I like to tell people is that don't speak about that person, speak it to that person.
0: Wow, so good.
2: If you have something that, you know, like Nani mentioned, if you're not happy with something that I do or you feel like what I'm doing is morally indecent, talk to me about it. Let me know. Let me know that, hey, you know, this is something that I don't agree with what you say mm. and I don't believe. There's something that is not in line with what I believe. Think to that person and perhaps that person has a reason of, of why he or she is doing what she's doing online. Mm. He or she is able to explain to you. And this would clarify a lot of things. It doesn't have to go beyond commenting in public and not being able to get a proper reasoning from the person. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, my rule of thumb instead of speaking about that person, speak it to it in asking that person, asking that person whether or not this is something worth even speaking about in public.
3: Right?
0: Hmm. Oh, thank you, Erica. I really like that. Rule of thumb. It's a golden rule of cyberbullying now, I feel. Well, I, I'm just blown away by the depth of this conversation, to be honest. I feel like there are just so many different areas. Because cyberbullying is just such a big topic. And we can't possibly cover everything in just, you know, what, 45 minutes? Or I don't know how many minutes this is going to be. But... Yeah, it's just such a broad topic which can't be covered in one sitting. So there are different aspects that maybe we could cover in a separate session. Just whoever who's listening in, let us know what kind of different angles you want us to take. Yeah, today has been a very wholesome conversation. I, From the bottom of my heart, Nani, thank you for sharing your encounter in your story with us again i'm gonna echo what i said just now you are incredibly brave it takes so much courage for you to share this so that you can help other people on this journey or rather to not feel alone on this journey thank you so much for for sharing your heart and we honor you we truly truly honor you Erica, thank you for also sharing input on amazing insight into the psychology of cyberbullying as well. I feel that there is going to be another session on this topic, but we shall see how that goes. And Nani, do you have any word of advice or encouragement for any of the people who, who may be listening in and are experiencing something similar that you've experienced?
1: I just want to let you guys know that you are not alone. Mm. If ever you need somebody to talk to, you can always DM me. My DMs are always open. I'm ready to hear you out. If anything, I'm also ready to provide you with assistance. And I'm pretty sure that you can DM uh, happywords.co as well. If there's any really anything, you're not, you're not alone. And you can DM us and we'll be happy to listen to you. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you, Nani. And Erica, do you have any word of
0: encouragement to leave and impart to our listeners?
2: I guess I would like to say that you know cyberbullying is not a simple matter. Like today we hear wonderful stories of how you know both of you, two wonderful people, have overcome or is managing cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot out there who have not find found a strategy to overcome this matter. Yeah. I would like to encourage people who are people out there who are going through cyberbullying right now. To reach out to someone you are able to trust and start sharing your stories and work together with the people you trust in managing it right now. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's that's such a good piece of advice to reach out so that you can find a strategy because a lot of the times when we are faced with this situation, we, we would just be overwhelmed and it's important to have support in seeing things objectively. Yeah, definitely reach out to people and yeah, as Nani has mentioned you're not going through this alone from the bottom of my heart I just want each and every one of you to know that you are made for more you know, you're not made to just silently struggle with this cyberbully. I want you to know that you have so much worth and you are so loved you deserve to get support in this situation so yeah guys today has been a beautiful wholesome deep a lot of a lot of things (laughs) going bubbling inside of me it's been a great conversation thank you nani thank you erica
1: Um, thank you so much for this opportunity i'm so just, just so glad to share and i hope that you know the listeners will, will take away something from this Just a
0: side note For all of the ways and different strategies On how to report your cyberbullying cases You can head on to www.happywords.co Nani has actually written an article Regarding this entire journey of hers And how she managed to make a report And all of the different detailed steps So yeah, do check us out Follow us on Instagram On Facebook And yeah Nani What is your Instagram
1: handle? My Instagram is At Nani So Fab So it's N-A-N-I-S-O-F-A-B she
0: is fabulous And yes You can look for Erica On LinkedIn At Erica Wu And yep This has been Episode 1 Of the Happy Words Podcast And Thank you for listening We will speak to you soon Bye Bye Bye.